Beautiful. Some of us need to know in the room today that it is finished. There are deals that you've been facing and I want to remind you here today that it is finished. In fact, Chris Heckick, I just want you to stand right where you are with your family. And I want you to know, my friend, I've been praying for you this weekend. And I want you to know it is finished. I want you to know that you are not alone. In fact, as I prayed for you, I saw the most magnificent angel standing behind you, twice your height in stature and broad-shouldered. And I want to remind you here today that heaven accompanies you. Even in your grief, even in your despair, heaven accompanies you. Heaven is alongside you. And, you know, sometimes in the blur of grief and in the blur of dismay, we forget that heaven goes with us. You know, there was a battle fought one day and the servant... um, Uh, The master asked that the servant's eyes would be open so that he would see that there were chariots of fire surrounding him. There was a great accompaniment of heaven's armies that went with him. And I want to remind you here today and remind many in this room today, though you walk through the valley, he, the breath of life, love itself accompanies you every step of the way. Heaven goes with you, my friend. So let me just pray as we come around the word today. Lord, I pray your peace that surpasses understanding would fill every heart and mind, every family, every marriage, every person under the sound of my voice, that we would rest in the revelation of who you are. We would lean into your word as it is unfolded here today. Our hearts would engage. We would embrace the fullness of your word today and its power and its life in this place today. Jesus, we lift you up. Up. You are risen here today, and we celebrate you in your mighty name. Amen. Amen. Well, church, I'm getting ready to set your souls on fire here today. So I hope that you're ready to engage and respond. You know, as the word goes out, it's like a tug of war. The minister projects the word off the platform and the people take a hold of the word and they pull it into their world. And then it's like this engagement, this toing and froing all the way through. And as you engage in the word, actually you get to choose how much you'll ingest in this place today. You get to choose how sharp and how focused you'll be to pull heaven's breath, heaven's word into your world here today. So I'm getting ready to set your souls on fire. Are you ready for that this morning, my friends? Are you ready to receive the fullness of his word in this place today? You know, love never fails. That is the banner over our Easter services, over our city um, this Easter. And if ever there was a message that our world needed to hear, it is this, that love, heaven's love never, ever fails. Amen. And he is risen, our friends. And we too, with Christ on the inside of us, we too shall arise. And you know, love is a powerful and potent thing. It moves us. Love moves us. It extends us beyond ourselves. And Deborah was a woman that was moved and therefore arose. And we're going to come to that story in Judges 5-7. And it says... The villages were unoccupied and rulers ceased in Israel until you, Deborah, arose, a mother in Israel. You know, this story is set in a time of lawlessness. The roads were dangerous. Farmers and merchants took the hillside track to avoid bandits. Israel's warriors were nowhere to be seen. 
and women were unlikely heroes in this time. But the times called for desperate measures. And therefore, as they do in these times today, a woman arose in these circumstances. And I believe God is calling his church, his bride, to arise, even in these days, to represent his, him well. And you know, the mother heart is like a force of nature. Can I get a shout out from any mothers in the room out there today? Or to be mothers in the room, or spiritual mothers, or aunties in the room today. You know, that mother heart, it's a force of nature. There are things that the mother will just not tolerate. Injustice, in kindness, pain, affliction. There is something in the mother wiring that has to move, has to respond. And God moved through this hard wiring in Deborah on this day. You know, a mother is a stunning example of love in full force. Who's had a, a wild mother who has just loved them and smothered them and poured out on them? A few of you out there, I, I, had a, I have a wonderful mother. You know, love never fails. Love pours out. Love denies itself and makes way for another. And the purest love of Jesus' sacrifice, we celebrate this Easter, his sacrifice and his resurrection is the greatest ever known to mankind. And we celebrate that here today. Why don't we give Jesus a great resounding sound of praise in this place today. And here's our privilege, friends, as representatives of Christ, we get to rise and walk as he did, just as Deborah arose in her time. And I want to call out to you today, my friends, don't underestimate the impact of your rising. As you lift your voice in prayer for your family, there will be a rumbling and a shifting and a changing as you take authority in prayer for your household. As you bring the tithe, as you rise and bring the tithe, there will be a ripple of effect in your finances, an undeniable effect of a, a heavenly currency beginning to move and flow through your fingertips as you honor the tithe and bring it to the household. And, you know, as you rise and, and host a connect group and strengthen the backbone of the church and carry people in your heart, there will be an undeniable fruitfulness in the house of God and fruitfulness in your world as you do that. I'm starting my second connect group this week. I have a magnificent one for some amazing ladies. Love these ladies. Shout out to my ladies. But I'm starting a second one this Tuesday night for a Syrian family and all their extended Syrian family. We're going to gather together and break open the Word of God together and bring strength and hope and peace to their beautiful hearts. I can't wait. And you know, as a teenager, I watched my father in his 50s go back to study. Actually, he went back he got his teaching qualification, and what it did in me was it gave me permission to rise. Beyond age and stage, it gave me permission to write my own story. It gave me permission to move outside of the confines of people's expectation. In his 50s, he got his teaching qualification, and as a teenager, I observed that, and I thought, I can write I can write off the page if I want to. I can color outside the lines if I want to. He gave me permission because he gave himself permission. Friends, don't underestimate the power of your rising, the influence of your rising. See, the enemy would have us all believe that our seemingly small act of obedience uh, would make much of a difference. He prefers to keep us sleeping, friends. And that is because he knows 
that if the church rises, it is the answer for all of mankind. Just quietly over here today, friends, he happens to know if the church rises, it is the answer for all of mankind. Just as Jesus' sacrifice was the potent answer for all of humankind, I would say, I don't know if it's blasphemy or me or not, but I would say that just equally so, if the church rises, it is the answer for all of mankind. Maybe even, you know, close to, because the thing is that God calls us into um, co-companionship with Christ. He actually calls us the bride, Jesus the groom, God the groom, the church the bride, which is someone to say that we are equally yoked, that we come together in a heavenly and divine um, partnership. And so I happen to think that the church is called to rise in an also magnificent expression, just as almost not to equal the, the cross, but certainly to complement the cross. And I think the bride needs to pull her weight. I think the bride needs to not take a bee ride on her groom. You see what I did there? <laughs> I think the bride needs to rise and walk alongside her companion, not bee ride her way into heaven, not bee ride her way on the tails of, of her groom, but come alongside and rise alongside of him. Make his name magnificent in all the earth. Amen. See, you know, a married union becomes dysfunctional when one partner accommodates and carries the other. There is a synergy and flow when we serve one another, when we stand together in our married union. Therein lies the power. Therein lies the synergy. And I believe we're meant to be co-partners with Christ. Amen? Amen. Friends, we can't approach our community with a polite separation. You know, Deborah arose on behalf of her community. She had a mother's burden for her community, and we need to carry that for our world, for our neighborhood as well, not to be safe, but actually to, to carry in our hearts the expectation that our world would thrive and be safe and know Christ, and that the power of God would be outworked in our part of this beautiful city of Sydney. That's the expectation that a mother has for their child. All they want is for that child to thrive and to go from strength to strength, and to live a beautiful life. You know, as the story in Judges continues of Deborah's leadership, we hear of the death of Sisera at the hands of another fearless woman. Her name was Jael. And after death, um, Sisera's death, we read the response of the mother in Judges 5.28. And it says, The mother of Sisera looked out of a window and wailed through the lattice. Why is his chariot so long in coming? Why do the hoofbeats of his chariot tarry? Who should carry the anxiety but the mother? He is his mother's pride. He is the great hero. And who should carry that in her heart, that concern, that worry, but the mother of this hero? You know, you don't hear of the wife here in this story. You know, relationships in a, a prince's harem are political at best. It's not often that you see true love written into the story of a prince's harem. The, the wife was politely separate. The mother was in turmoil. She carried this grief in her heart. You know, the mother's attachment is a powerful one. I remember the day that I took Cleo, my now four-year-old, into her first day in preschool, and I literally felt like part of my heart had been cut out and, and left behind as I walked away. I was going into Lee Connect Group that day, and I had to 
suck up a few tears and, you know, put my, put my big girl's boots on. I felt like part of my soul had been left behind in that uh, preschool room that day. I felt the separation. It was physical. It was real. It was tangible because our children are a part of us. I was with a Syrian mother the other day and her little boy Serge was sitting up on a wall and he fell this high to the floor. Boom. And as he fell, it, he was maybe a little bit shocked, but it was the mother who I think hurt the most. Even though he felt the physical impact of the fall and the shock, it was the mother who felt more the grief of that. And it took her longer to recover than her little boy. This is the nature of the mother's heart. Our children are a part of us. And you know, the cross attaches us to God like the mother-child attachment. Through the cross, we become attached to our heavenly father. When he looks at us, he sees his son and he is attached to us. His love is extended to us in that moment. You know, we can't view our world through a window. Sisera's mother sat and looked through the window, pining for her son. Can I say, we can't look through our window politely on looking out to our world where there is need in every corner. We need to carry our world and in our heart and put our hands to the harvest in this day and in this hour. You know, the spirit of adoption needs to be alive in the church, that we would extend the parameters of our heart, that we would carry the ones as they come into our community, the ones that we see in our neighborhood, that we would extend ridiculous acts of kindness, ridiculous words of affirmation, pouring it all out, extending our heart to carry our community in our heart in Jesus' mighty name. You know, there was a brief tipping point for Rhonda Sabat and I when we were deciding whether or not to go into Bella Vista and to host a service for the new arrivals from Syria and Iraq. And it was going to be on both of our day off on a Friday. And I remember just asking the Lord in my heart, am I going to break if I try and do one more thing for you and build another room for you? And I just felt the Lord respond to me, go into all the world. And so I just took that commissioning and trusted him to be sovereign over our strength, sovereign over the resources and to grace this gathering. Can I encourage us to ask the Lord, extend the question and see how he commissions you. It will probably be beyond your wild expectation, but on the other side of that obedience is beautiful fruit, magnificent fruit, heavenly fruit on the other side. Let's not just look through the window, but go into all the world. You know, what you see out of your window is sacred. Some of you have been looking so long without movement that it has become familiar. Some of you have been looking through your window and actually God has illuminated that thing before you that he would have you do. It's, he's actually made it very clear to you. He's spoken to you a number of times, but it has therefore become familiar. And the, without the movement, it, it's become, it, it's locked up, it's paused, the motion has been removed. Can I ask you, what do you see outside your window? What has the Lord presented to you, which he would have you put your hand to? Friends, I'm going to show you what's outside my window. Don't be afraid. I'm not running away. I'm just ducking out here for a minute. You're going to hear my voice. It's not the voice of the Lord. It's the voice of Nat Taylor coming from towards the mezzanine.
Here I am, friends. I'm back. Ta-da! <laughs> Ta-da! On the mezzanine. Eyes up. Where's Wally? She's on the mezzanine. Here I am, friends. Can I just tell you what I see when I look out my window? I see you. I see the new arrivals from Syria and Iraq. Do you know what's on my heart? The ones I love. So much my heart is bursting. It is you. I see you, each and every one of you, and all the ones that couldn't make it today. I never forget your faces. I always carry you in my heart. I never forget you. When I look out my window, I see you, and we're committed to cushion the blow and help you settle in and get strong and find your wings and fly here again. Can we welcome all our friends here today? I see you. What do you see, my friend? What has the Lord put before you where he would ask you to bear fruit? What do you see, my friend? What is God showing you? You know, Martin Smith, a great musician who played at Presence, he said um, he's not just playing for the church. He's actually going back into the clubs. He's writing songs for the community, songs of redemption, songs of life, songs of restoration. He's singing over people in the clubs. You know, Hartley, my husband, he sees and carries his extended family. I have never known him to fast and pray so much for his family as he has in this last season. You know, what you see outside your window may be public or it may be private. Intercession is so necessary. Prayers change the course of people's life. What does Brett Linder see when he looks out the window? He sees sickness, he sees the need of deliverance and he is obedient, sometimes in a public place, sometimes just coming alongside the one. Carly sees the marginalized and has therefore forged C3 cares. Fabiana sees our kids in in the kids' ministry. Libby sees her dance students. What do you see, my friends? I think as much as Jesus would want to be honoured this Easter season because of his great sacrifice, I think just, and I know when he looks out his window, he sees the whole world. He sees the whole world through the perspective of the cross. But I think he would also like for us to be called also to arise and go and see and move into the community that is at hand. Amen. Come on, let's thank God in this place today. Here we go. I'm getting my cardio in. Getting that off the list today. Cardio done. Check. Can we bring up the Corinthian scriptures to the screen? The essence of true love is self-sacrifice. And 1 Corinthians 13, 4 says, starting at 4, love endures long and is patient and kind. And going to verse 5, love, God's love in us, does not insist on its own rights or its own way, for it is not self-seeking. And going to verse 7, love bears up under anything and everything that comes, is ever ready to believe the best of every person. Its hopes are fadeless under all circumstances, and it endures everything without weakening. Love never fails. Love is a heavenly thing. It's not a human thing. It's beyond our understanding. You know, God has forged capacity in me 
predominantly through motherhood and self-sacrifice, something that the world doesn't particularly celebrate. Self-sacrifice, you don't really see that out there, do you? But it, it has changed the essence of who I am in sacrifice. We have more margin to give and to pour out than we think we do. In Christ, he can significantly increase our ability to self-sacrifice and to pour out on the behalf of others. That's the greatest thing that he does in us. Friends, I want to encourage you, don't resent your burdens. They are increasing your weight-bearing capacity. I'm going to ask the band to come to the stage. And I'm just going to share a few moments in my life because I think that my most painful moments have been my kindest teacher. And I look at the painful moments in my life and I no longer resent them because I think capacity many times is, is crafted the best in us through pain. And the Lord turns all things for his good. When Sienna was a five-week-old baby, and she had a fall from a great height and I got a terrible shock and I had to um, go to um, the hospital overnight and she was regularly checked. In that moment, I learned not to hurry in life or I'm gonna miss the beauty of life evolving around me. I gotta slow down, Nat, from the Lord. I gotta be present, Nat, or you're gonna move so fast through this life, you're gonna forget to smell the roses and you're gonna let the sacred things slip through your fingers. So be present, girl slow down. When I was an exchange student in Germany at 16 years of age and my dad had a heart attack back here in Australia and I got a terrible shock and I felt incredibly alone in a foreign land, I learned that the Lord is close to the brokenhearted and his love will pursue us to the ends of the earth. Even when we don't look for him, even when we don't want him, he will come and he will sit alongside us. That's when he shows his faithfulness. And when I have felt betrayed and isolated in leadership, I have learnt that the Holy Spirit is the greatest wingman and I have all that I need in that partnership. And when I have been afflicted and misunderstood and accused in leadership, I have received the undeniable heavenly affirmation that I am called and appointed by God. In the absence of the pain, the clarity wouldn't have come. In fact, I think fire clarifies the truth. And for that, we can be grateful. Fire clarifies the truth. If we don't walk through the fire, we will never acknowledge the gold that lies within us. It's in the fire that truth comes, that we see who He is and who we are. And Richard Raw says, pain that is not transformed is transferred. And what I love about the cross is that he takes our pain and he transforms and he regrafts the essence of who we are. He transforms our heart and soul, our mind, our thinking, our purpose, our life and breath. When he breathes in us, the cross transforms even our pain into capacity. And my friend Amanda Viviers writes this of Christ in his pain. I'm going to ask the team to come forward. We're going to sing after this. And it says of Christ in his pain, he shouts, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He wrestles, not my will be done, but yours. He transforms, Father forgive them, they know not what they do. He rests 
I thirst. He releases. It is finished. He surrenders. Father, into your hands, I commit my spirit. Pain acknowledged, pain recognized, and pain transformed, even for Christ. If anyone would understand pain, it is Christ himself, and therefore it gives him complete authority to lean into your circumstances and to bring life to death, to restore sound minds and calm hearts in Jesus' mighty name. Why don't you stand right across this room and let's give him a shout of praise in this place today. Love never fails. Love never fails. Jesus, come on, let's sing here today. What a beautiful name it is. What a beautiful name it is.
every single one that has breath in this room, every single one that has a heartbeat in this room. He sees you. He sees you. And His love is so great for you. He sees you in all your beauty. He sees you in all your flaws. He sees you in your weakness. He sees you in your triumph. He sees you. Every single one in this room today, He sees you. 